Hi, I'm Jason, the creator of The Gray Rooms. Well, back to business as usual. Please know we did enjoy opening the doors to you for that month and we really enjoyed showing you what you could expect from your patronage to The Gray Rooms. We also wanted to thank those who took the time to leave us five-star reviews and positive ratings. Those help us more than you can even imagine. And you are flipping awesome. Well, now that those doors are closed, all of those little perks and warm fuzzies once again fall back onto our patrons. Patrons like Kelly Bear, Amy Nikolai, Arthur Unk, Ashley Enstrom, Brooks Bigley, Elizabeth Dowell, Isabel Diedrichs, Jackalbot Snooze, Jason Porras, Kathleen Clyde, Michael Velez, Michael Zanke, Mycophilic BG, I, I, I hope I said that right, Patrick Stewart, The Portrait of Knox Podcast, The Original Nick Show, Charlotte Norup, Denise Pinto, Godzilla Eyes, Hale Scherf, Maggie Rogers, Matt, Michael Beckwith, Rachel Lamb, Stephanie, Trig V. Christensen, Allison Brandt, Debbie Fur, Jake Ivey, Nightmare Rabbit, Patrick Mealy, Ronald Watson, Sarah Zartaloma, Scotty, Brad Bone, Cassie Pertit, J.M. Scherf, John, John Grills, Justin Thulu, Scott Savino, Skyisa, Rebecca Edwards, and Ursula Person. Thank you again for all of your support. We are humbled and forever grateful to you for it. We again hope you are all staying safe during these tumultuous times. Just always know that we are here with you, always. Now, let's get on with the episode. You awake. The elevator is small and cramped. There is a strange old man. He's mumbling. You hear a ding, and he forces you out. You're lost. You have no memory of this place. How did you get here? Where are you? It doesn't matter. Because now, you belong to the Grey Rooms. Still smiling at her, I began to pick up pace. Fran stared down, past me, frowning in confusion. She opened her mouth, face contorted as her screams echoed down the slide. Down, down, 
down, down. booth. Uh, ow. Shouldn't have done that. I'm not in the... I'm not in the slide. I'm okay. Also, no elevator. No Todd. Jake at the bar. I wonder what's different this time. I'm different. I can feel it. This place is wearing me down. I don't want to go into these horrible rooms. I don't want to be forced to remember that person I was. Wife to a psychopath. <laughs> I do, however, want a drink. It's just a fucking slide, Franny. Hey, Jake! Hey there. Didn't see you come in. What can I get you? I'll take a whiskey. Couple of rocks. <laughs> and you should get yourself something too. You're not afraid the whiskey's made by them? <laughs> I don't care anymore. And I know you're super busy right now. But if you can spare a minute... <laughs> I take your point. Be right back. I'll have a drink. Talk to the only guy in this place that's been decent to me. Going to take a minute and just calm down. What was the label on this? It had a pretty screwed up picture of a guy getting flayed alive. Said it was whiskey, though. Great. What are you drinking? Gin and tonic. I think. When I pulled the stopper, the bottle screamed. Jake. Samantha. What the hell have we gotten ourselves into? I haven't a clue. Well, all right then. To cluelessness. The human condition. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Smooth. Yeah. Sam, can I ask you something? <laughs> I'm just killing time until I have to go die again. Shoot! Do you remember me at all? Um, I don't. No, not any more than I did before. Why? I think I remember you. It's hazy. When we first met, I told you I was looking for something. I 
think... I think it was you. Why were you looking for me? I called you Doll because I was... I was trying to play up the man-behind-the-bar routine. But I wasn't a bartender before this. I think I was a private eye. So... I hired you? No. No, I, I think someone hired me to find you. <laughs> Do you remember who? I can almost. It's like an ice cube on a table, just slides away from me. Uh, an older guy. Gray suit. He's got a blue pin. I think it's a pin in the shape of a... Uh... A cloud? Is it a pin in the shape of a cloud? Yes. That's my dad. That, that was my dad. He hired you to find me? Why? I'm sorry, I, I don't. I remember looking into your face and feeling... very... very sad. And then... Lights! What's happening? Crossed the line. <laughs> what the hell is that? Drink, Sam. 
Samantha, I do apologize. Save it, Bob. What was that? I mean, I didn't see what happened. But from context, I believe the Warden ripped Mr. Stone in twain. I know! I was standing in the goddamn splash zone! Why? Why did he do that? The Warden... Well, as I've said before, he's a bit... Unpredictable. Mercurial, you might say. He's looked different every time I've seen him. Acted different. First, the chainsaws. Then he was all, here's Johnny. I do not believe the warden's name is Johnny. <sighs> he came after me with a knife on the stairs. He stalked me, is what I'm trying to say. Mercurial doesn't answer the question. Do you work for him? Does he work for you? What is going on? You are still dripping with Jake's innards, Samantha, so I will indulge you. The Warden and I are co-workers, after a fashion. We both report to management, but I have little say in what he does. I mostly try to stay out of his way. I suggest you do the same. Anyone ever tell you you're infuriatingly unhelpful? Yes. Great. Give me my room. I'm sorry. I'm getting tipsy, and you're annoying me, and I just want to get on the elevator and be done with this. What are my options? Indeed. You have two choices. Choose correctly. And I get my freedom, yeah. Yeah. You're just like one of your damn tapes. I have here for you a nice room about the circus. Or a room with a dog. Dog. No thought. No complaining. Circus room will be about a clown because you people are sick. Don't need that. As you pointed out, Jake is now soaking into the soles of my shoes. So I'll take my key to the dog room and be going now. Very well, Samantha. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. See you on the next merry-go-round. <laughs> oh, Samantha, look at all that red. How did you know it was my favorite color? Shut the fuck up, Todd. 
Laura squeezed my hand gently as we stood at the front desk, her smile wide and infectious. This is so exciting! Isn't it? I think I might cry. I'm sure that'd make a great first impression. Screams and snot bubbles. She shoved me away, playfully, her grin thinly covered by mock annoyance. Prick, I don't get snot bubbles. Sure you do. Big juicy ones. When he comes out and sees you and your snot monster running towards him, he'll hightail it back to the shelter before anyone can say, who's a good boy? Laura smiled, but I could tell my joke had missed its mark. It was her, no, I didn't have a bad day at work smile. Her, it's fine, we can go out another night smile. I pulled her towards me and she placed her head on my chest, wrapping her long arms around my waist. Sorry, babe, didn't mean it. You think he'll like me? She asked, her voice muffled in the folds of my shirt. He'll love you, babe. Trust me. She released herself from me and smiled again. A real smile this time, and one that showed off the small, crooked teeth I loved so much. They were quirky, like she was. I'm so glad we're doing this, aren't you? Thankfully, the door in front of us swung open before I needed to open my mouth and lie my ass off. Lying to Laura made me feel guilt down to the gut. Worse still, I'd done it so often these past few weeks, it was starting to come naturally. An elderly woman walked up to the counter, crossed her hands, and placed them on the front desk. She was small and hunched over, the skin on her face drooping down as though it were melting off her face. I hadn't noticed her when we'd first entered the building, greeting us from a shadowy corner of the room, but she was all I could focus on now. Her movements were jerky and strange, puppet-like. She stared silently at Laura, lips taut, and then turned her unblinking gaze onto me. I watched her eyes narrow and her lips twist down. Did she know? Could people like her pinpoint and separate the animal lovers and animal tolerators? I felt sweat start to form on my forehead. She wouldn't say anything to Laura, would she? He's leashed and calm, the woman said, jowls quivering as she spoke. Are you sure you want to meet him? He's had so many bad experiences meeting potential adopters. I'd hate to get his hopes up. If you weren't 100% serious. She was speaking to me, or about me, at least. Was it my face? Did it send off some kind of, I don't really like dogs, more of a cat person, but here I am kind of vibe? I snuck a glance at Laura, but she hadn't seemed to notice the old crone's accusations. We are, Laura said, stepping closer to the counter and interlocking her fingers with my own. We're deadly serious. We've been really looking forward to meeting him. We have a lovely garden for him, and David works from home, so he'll have the company. The old woman smirked at the sound of my name. My cheeks burned. We really should have visited the local shelter instead of this dirty-looking back-road Victorian pet orphanage we'd found on the internet. We wouldn't be here if we didn't truly want him, Laura said her voice wavering now into slight panic. I know I'll fall in love as soon as I see him. I couldn't bear to send him back afterwards. I wouldn't. Please, 
Slowly, the old woman turned to Laura, the smirk vanishing from her face. She almost looked sad now, eyes watery and red. These dogs are like my own children, she said in a trembling voice. It hurts me deeply to see them so sad when they're returned. All they want is to be loved. Laura stepped forward again and released her hand from mine. I watched as she placed her smooth fingers over the old woman's. Please don't worry. We will give him all the love he needs. The old woman sniffed and then slowly stretched her lips to reveal a large, wide smile. Well then, I'd best let him meet you, hadn't I? She left the room, and I breathed out deeply, instantly feeling the pressure around me lift. But before I could make any uncomfortable jokes about witches or familiars, the door opened once again, and the woman returned. This time, she wasn't alone. Plodding behind her on a short leash of dark metal was a large black dog. His hair was thick and long, covering every inch of him to the point where even his face was almost entirely lost. Two brown bulbous eyes stuck out from under the fur, the whites more of a sickly yellow. Each paw was tipped with several long dark nails. The woman juddered slowly around the desk, the dog trailing lazily behind, stopping only when she was directly in front of us. As soon as she stopped moving, the dog sat at her heels, and I noticed with a gulp that his head easily reached the old woman's elbow. Laura immediately fell to her knees, cooing and murmuring to the giant mountain of black fur. baby. Hi, honey. Hey, boy. Oh, you're so handsome. Wow. I love you already, and I haven't even taken you home yet. Oh, look at how handsome you are. Isn't he handsome, David? Sure is, babe. I looked him over, seeing nothing but the fur that would soon be coating my cream furniture. I'm sure I could smell him, too. Musty and stale. Great. He's a quiet dog, the old woman said, folding her arms. But very loving. It's a shame he's been sent back to us so many times. So many people just don't have the heart for adoption. She smirked at me again, but Laura spoke before I could spit back a sarcastic reply that got me into trouble. He's perfect. I just love him. She scratched the dog gently under his chin. A long gray tongue slipped out of the fur and ran itself over Laura's hand. She beamed, and I watched a trail of drool slide across her palm. Oh, sweetie. Does he have a name? Oh, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. It's a very funny coincidence. She turned to me for the final time, her eyes brimming with glee. His name is also David. Oh.
We put Dog David in the back, and Laura slipped in beside him, murmuring happily into his fur. As we pulled out of our parking space, I watched them from the rearview mirror, pushing against the wave of irrational jealousy I could feel rising within me. Obviously, Laura was going to be excited. She'd been waiting to pick this guy up for weeks, and she'd been badgering me about getting a dog for much longer than that. I'd already decided to let her do this. No point getting annoyed now. The dog was eerily quiet as we made our way home. I was thankful for that, at least, though Laura was getting more and more concerned. I, I thought he'd be crying, she said to me. The first words non-dog directed since we'd got in the car. Or whining or something. Do you think he's ill? Probably just confused. I guess. She didn't sound convinced. Let's just wait till we get back. I'm sure he'll be fine in a few days. You'll be best friends before you know it. Much to my pleasant surprise, and to Laura's constant concern, Dog David did not seem to snap out of his funk. He never made a sound, would not run around the garden, play fetch or catch. He was the most undog-like dog I had ever seen, and I almost found myself warming to the thing. Almost. Dog David had this almost obsession with Laura. He followed her everywhere, from the bedroom to the toilet. He'd wait outside the door while she showered, slink to and from the kitchen whenever she got up to get a glass of water. Obviously, I knew dogs were loyal, but it was nonstop. Even when Laura had left for work, Dog David, Dee Dee, she liked to call him, would just sit at the front door, staring at it, waiting for her to return. I tried to coax him away the first couple of times, but he never even turned to acknowledge me. The initial resentment I felt towards the thing began to grow, day by day. Every time he placed his stupid head in her lap, every time she ran to him after coming home, planting a kiss between his eyes before she even looked at me, the fire in my gut blazed. One evening, after waking up to piss, I returned to the bed to find the stupid mass of hair pressed up against Laura where I had been, his dark eyes staring at me from the shadows. I tried to pull him away, a little harder than I should have, maybe, and was met with a deep, angry growl. The first noise he had made since we picked him up. I spent that night on the sofa, and many nights after that, until it had almost become routine. Laura wouldn't hear anything about it. She thought I was being stupid, overreacting, but she never heard that growl. It was thick with rage. That dog hated me. Weeks after we'd first picked him up, I had become an entirely different person. I was sulky and argumentative, picking fights over petty little things, eager to blame poor little Dee Dee whenever I could. It reached the point where Laura couldn't take it anymore. And after listening to me complain about a clump of hair I'd found in my food, she had started packing her things. 
I'll be back in the morning. She spat, throwing a handful of clothes into a bag. I just can't deal with this right now, David. You know how hard it is for me at work at the moment. Just want one goddamn evening where you're not bitching about poor Dee Dee. And you couldn't even do that. He's just a dog, for Christ's sake. Exactly. He's a dog, Laura. We're in a relationship. I shouldn't be coming second to your fucking dog. I can't even hold your hand while we watch movies without sweet little Dee Dee sticking his fucking head between us. I haven't been able to touch you for the past week, but Dee Dee is able to worm his way into our bed every goddamn night. Laura turned to me, eyes blazing. <sighs> you are sick, she said, and then left the room, slamming the door behind her. I tried to follow but tripped over a pair of jeans Laura had left on the floor in her rush. By the time I reached the front door, her shadow was already fading from the frosted glass window, and my anger went with it. I was so pathetic. I had gotten so worked up over a stupid dog, I had chased her away. What had been the point in lying in the first place, in all that guilt while she browsed adoption websites, if I was just going to force her to leave? I sighed, scratching at my face and feeling the prickly hair against my fingers. God, I'd really let myself go, hadn't I? It was a wonder Laura had stayed for as long as she did. I turned. Paused. Dee Dee was sat at the bottom of the stairs, his dark eyes staring out from the shadows of his fur. Staring at me. She's gone. There's no point waiting here. Go somewhere else. Dee Dee didn't leave, but he did begin to move. Slowly, his lips began to quiver and stretch until bright white shiny teeth gleamed in front of me. Irrational thoughts flooded me. Was he smiling? I felt a shudder go through me. I knew it was only my imagination only my mind giving the mutt emotions I knew it didn't have. But the more I stared, the more I could see a gleam in his eyes, a look of triumph and of mockery. The fuck are you looking at, stupid? Piss off already. Dee Dee did not budge, but continued to stare, smile. He wasn't blinking. Piss off, I said again, louder this time. Didi opened his mouth wider still, all of his teeth now on show, jagged rows of white protruding from his shadowy body. I flinched and shrank back. This must have been what the mutt wanted, because as soon as I had stepped back, Didi closed his mouth, stood, and walked away. I watched him leave, face red with embarrassment and rage. It was time for the mutt to go. I slipped upstairs and tried calling the shelter, hoping that they would answer despite it being 9.30 in the evening. No luck there. 
Instead, I decided I would drive over there first thing in the morning and dump the thing in front of the old crone before Laura got back, then book it before I could see the I-knew-it look forming on the old biddy's miserable face. Poor Laura. She'd hate me for this, far more than she did already. But once she could bear to speak to me again, I'd get her another dog. One that didn't stare through you like you were one wrong word away from teeth in your throat. Maybe a puppy. A pug or something. She'd like that. I showered quickly and hopped into bed, hoping an early night would mean I'd get at least a little sleep despite the thoughts buzzing around my head. I didn't have a lot of luck there. I spent the whole evening drifting in and out of consciousness, dreaming of fur and teeth and wide inky eyes that watched me sleep. Several times I woke, sure Dee Dee had entered the room. I even heard the creaking of my door and the soft sigh of breath, but the sounds were gone the moment I lifted my head. At one point, I was sure I could feel his weight pressed against my chest, his hot breath on my face. When I woke fully, it was already late morning, and the sun was blazing through the thin bedroom curtains, casting shadows on the bed and across the face of the woman lying opposite me. Suddenly, the noises of the previous night made sense, and I smiled pathetically to myself as Laura's eyes flickered open. Her face was puffy from crying. Hey, honey. She murmured, reaching out and running her fingers through my hair. I wanted to apologize for yesterday, and for every day before that. I wanted to take back everything I'd done to make those lovely eyes of hers red and bloodshot. But the words wouldn't come. God, I was such a coward. Silently, I watched, as Laura slipped out of the bed, stretching in the sunlight of the room. I stood to follow her, then crumpled onto the bed, my legs collapsing beneath me. I reached out my arms to stop my fall, but my arms were no longer there, replaced instead with two thin columns of dark fur. Laura rushed over to me, eyes brimming with concern. Oh no, did you fall? Are you okay, baby? Poor thing. She placed her hand against my cheek, and I felt her fingertips slide between tufts of black hair. I'm so sorry, honey. Black fur. I yelped and scrambled back and away, my mind racing. I was still dreaming. I had to be. That was why Laura was here. That was why my legs were... Laura reached out to me in panic, stopping only when the silence of the room was broken by three loud knocks. She stood and moved over to the door. I felt my gut twist. There was something behind that door, something I didn't want to see something I didn't want Laura to see. My dreams came back to me, teeth and fur and shadows, hot, wet breath on my face. I watched Laura open the door, watched her body twitch. I was hoping you'd be gone all day. She spat. She stepped back from the person in the doorway. The man. The man with my face. I came to apologize, I watched myself say, before I began to scream. My anguished cry distorted in my foreign throat, 
becoming a long, painful howl. Laura's face turned to me, the current me, with a snap. But the imposter grabbed her face, forcing her to look at him. I'm sorry, he said. I'm so sorry. His hands, my hands, entwined themselves in her hair. I'm still angry. You even left him alone all night. I don't- Before she could finish, the imposter pulled her towards him, pushing his lips to hers. He began to smile as she responded to his kiss, smiling with my mouth, my body. I howled again, jumping off the bed, four padded feet landing on the carpet. Clumsily, I ran to him, to the other David, a deep growl thundering in my chest. How dare he? How dare he do this? The imposter pulled away as I neared. Laura screamed my name in shock, fear. The other me lunged forward, snatching my new face in familiar hands. His teeth bared, his eyes wild. Bad dog, he snarled, something of a grin forming on his face. Naughty, David. I snapped against his hands, wanting to taste blood on my tongue. Laura screamed from the doorway. Don't hurt him! Please don't hurt him! Was she talking to me? Or the other me? I almost laughed at that. Which David do you mean, honey? My face loomed closer to the imposter's, spit flying as he growled at me. I could feel him straining as I thrashed around. I was so close. You better behave, he wheezed, or we'll have to send you back. For a split second, his hands slipped. I needed no other prompting. Without hesitation, I lurched forward, planting my sharp teeth into my own, his, my hands. The imposter shrieked and stumbled back, ripping himself away from my grasp. I lurched forward again, but this time felt something collide with my skull, something hard. I sank to the floor, my jaws still snapping. I could see the bastard in front of me, his eyes triumphant. I wanted to rip them out, to claw at his face, my face. Why was he looking at me like that? How dare he? How dare he? I pushed myself to my feet, but was knocked back again. My head exploded with pain, my vision flickering as I sank to the floor. I watched Laura drop the metal lamp, chest heaving with sobs. I watched her run into the stranger's arms. My arms. Can't you see? I tried to scream. Can't you see that isn't me? David, I'm sorry. She said between sobs, hiding her face in the imposter's chest. He wrapped his arms around her and smiled. Smiled at me. Don't you worry, baby, I heard him say as my vision began to fade. We only needed one David in this house anyway. Shadows and Teeth, written by Bailey Hart and performed by Ewan Chung as David, Tanya Maloyevich as Laura, and Margaret Ashley as the Dog Lady. The Samantha Winters episode, Pour Me a Drink, was written by Michael Zenke and performed 
by Sarah Thomas as Samantha Winters, Mark Witten as Jake Stone, Graham Rowett as Bob, Alistair Mackey as Todd, and me, Jason Wilson, as the Warden. <laughs> Musical composition was by J.M. Scherf. Episode artwork and creative direction by Cassie Pertit. Social media management and Patreon support by Brooks Bigley. Videography by Hale Scherf. An all-around awesome dude was played by Graham Rowett. And audio engineering and sound design is by me, Jason Wilson. Well, thank you for indulging us with the month of Patreon. We welcome the new patrons and salute those who have taken the time to leave five-star ratings and reviews for us in Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. We hope that, you know, we were able to help keep you entertained during this time in our world. We want all of you out there to know that we stand with you in this crisis, and we only strive to do our part to soften the blow. As you can tell from this episode, we are getting back to business as usual. So, buckle up and prepare yourselves for three more episodes and our season two finale. Man, that's here already? Lord. Well, well they say, time flies when you're having foot. Yeah. Well, thank you again so very much for your time and your ears. And we will get back to our corners and work to create more tales of terror for you. Stay safe and stay sanitized. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook, where we have an emotional support group for all to join. And now comes the fun of sifting through the mountains of stories we have for Season 3. Oh yeah! <laughs> That's super fun. We really enjoy that. We get to experience everything, what we will all... Well, you know, you will get to see. So, till next time, I say farewell, and we will see you in two weeks.